And have a seat. Follow me. These two words that come from the words of Jesus are found 13 times in the Gospels. It's an invitation to all people, no matter what your church background is, no matter what your beliefs are, no matter what your past looks like, no matter what your present looks like, all people are invited to go where Jesus goes. And those who go where Jesus goes are also known as a disciple. A disciple literally means a learner or a student. It's the people who follow Jesus and they want to learn from Jesus with the goal to simply become like Jesus. That's the goal of following Jesus. That's the goal of becoming a disciple. That we would learn from Jesus and we would become like Jesus in all of our ways. Jesus says it simply in Luke chapter 6 verse 40. Students are not greater than their teacher. But the student who is fully trained will become like the teacher. What will our lives look like if we truly become like our teacher Jesus? Well, it means all aspects of our lives will reflect him. Everything from how we think, how we speak, how we act, how we pray, how we spend our time, how we work, how we spend or give of our resources, how we vote, how we engage culture, how we live out our singleness, how we parent, how we treat our spouse, how we forgive others. All of those ways at the end of the day will look like Jesus if we go where Jesus goes. The goal of a disciple is to become like Jesus in all areas of our life. But the practical question is, how do we do that? I mean, it's a great goal to have. All of us probably want to become more like Jesus than ourselves because Jesus was pretty amazing. He was perfect. It would be nice to be like that, but how do we do it? Well, we have to put ourselves in environments where Jesus put himself in. We have to go where Jesus went in order to become like him. At the chapel, we call that the row, the circle, the chair, and go. Those are the four environments that we see fleshed out in the Gospels where Jesus went, and that's how he was, and we can become like him if we find ourselves in these four environments. And so what we're going to do today is twofold. We're going to look at some of these environments in the Gospels to see what Jesus had to say and how he modeled what it looks like to follow him. But today is going to be more practical than we've ever done in a service before. In fact, when you came in, you should have got a card that looked like this. Can you grab this? And will you just keep it in your lap? If you didn't get one, raise your hand. We have some uh, awesome greeters in the back who would love to give you a card. You're going to need this through our time. There's a couple hands I see out here, greeters. Thank you. I also want you to get your phone out. Normally, I want your phone to be put away in church, but today, I want it out, and I want it also by you. You are going to engage in the service today. And if you say, Eric, I don't want to get my phone out, or I don't have my phone, well, I'm going to talk about all of that's going to be in the atrium afterwards, so no sweat. But if you do have your phone, I would love to interact and engage with you as we walk through these four environments today. So let's begin. The first environment is the row. What does Jesus say about the row? Well, we see in Luke 4, verse 31, it says, Jesus went to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, and taught there in the synagogue every Sabbath day. The synagogue was like a Jewish church. 
There too, the people were amazed at his teaching for he spoke with authority. Here's the environment of the row. Jesus opened the scriptures. People were there and they were amazed. They weren't just amazed by the power and the truthfulness and the clarity. They were amazed that what he had to say was relevant to their lives and maybe, just maybe, they could change and become who God wanted them to become. That's the environment of the row. But Jesus just didn't teach in the synagogue. Jesus got creative. He had to because he was a rock star. People came from all over the place wanting to be around him. And so Jesus had to teach from different perspectives in different areas. I mean, look what happens here in Luke chapter 5, verse 1 through 3. One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat there in the boat and taught the crowds from there. It doesn't matter if it's in a synagogue. It doesn't matter if it's in a boat. Jesus taught, people listened, and people responded by allowing the word to shape their lives and become more like Jesus. It's the environment of the row. And we take the row really seriously at the chapel. I understand you're in a row today, and I'll get to you in a moment, but it's not just you that's in a row right now. Right now, if you have kids or grandkids in our chapel, kids ministry right now, they're in a row. It looks differently. Sometimes it's, they're in a circle. Sometimes they're having fun. I'm telling you, your, your kids are having way more fun than you are right now. I promise that. <laughs> but they're having fun. They're engaging. And guess what? They're going to be learning Scripture. Maybe it's on a video. Maybe it's through one of our teachers. Maybe it's through different creative means. But our kids are down there listening to God's word in hopes that it transforms their life. Right now, our middle school ministry is meeting. They are in a row. It looks different because they're in this thing called a pit. And it's really awesome if you've never seen our student center before. And they're sitting listening to Ken as he teaches in order to hear God's truth for their lives. They're in a row. We have row environments all throughout the week at the chapel. We have women's gatherings called Renewed here every second Tuesday. That's a row where ladies come and they worship together and they hear teaching together and they hear interviews and different things to help them grow. We have classes at the chapel all the time now. We have more classes than we've ever, ever had at the chapel before. The class is someone teaching and then someone listening and allowing the truth to change them. These past couple days we had our membership class, which is the first time we've ever offered just a membership class at the chapel, at all three of our campuses, 90 people went through that. Sitting, listening, applying, wanting to know how do I grow at the chapel. That's the row. And obviously you're in a row this morning. The row experience is not a performance. It's not a show. It's not a concert. It's worship. The row is allowing us to respond in music, to align our hearts with God's heart, to respond with thankfulness or lament or praise, or sadness, listening to what God has to say. Then a pastor comes up, we open the scriptures, and it's not just to make you feel good today, it's hoping that you will apply this to your life as a parent, as a worker, as a friend. The row is a really big deal at the chapel, and we take it really seriously. That's why we do it every single Sunday. And so what I want to challenge you with today, based upon the row, and based upon Jesus's uh, engagement in the row, is I just want to offer a challenge today. I want to challenge you to consider coming to church every week. 
And some of you are like, I do that. I know you do. Some of us don't. Now, some of us have good excuses. Last week, our family had a wedding. Couldn't go to church. Or you have a a kid's baseball game, or maybe you have to work, or you're out of town. That makes sense. But if I can just be honest for a moment, it feels like Christ followers are treating Saturday night, because we have a Saturday night service, or Sundays, just like the world is now, another day. We may wake up in the morning and we stub our toe and like, oh, we can't go to church today. (laughs) Can't do that. Wake up just a little tired. I'm just going to sleep in today. Heard someone call it Baptist bedside. You know, just going to enjoy the the warmth of my, and I understand that, but listen. Please don't tell me you're not growing in Christ if you're not going to make church a priority in your life. I'm not just saying this as a pastor trying to guilt you to come. That's up to you. This is no guilt. I'm just asking you to consider making church a priority like we make our kids' sports teams. Like we make other things on a Friday or Saturday night. Or whatever it is that we fit in our calendar. A lot of times church is the thing that's squeezed out. And then when we don't become like Jesus, we get frustrated. But no, we need to be here every single week. So when we open the scriptures We leave here transformed and changed because every week that we do that, we are coming inch by inch closer to becoming like Christ. That's the environment of the row. And so what I want you to do this morning is I want you to engage in the row like never before. So I want you to get that card out for me. Would you do that again? And if you don't have a card, I have all the information on the screen here. Take it and look at where it says the row. We're going to talk about two things that you're going to see in our website the chapel.family slash next steps. And so if you have a QR code, if you're familiar with those, scan that. That'll take you to the website. If not, just go to our website right here. There's two things that I want to challenge you with in the row besides just attending every single week. I feel like it's that important. It's to worship by giving. We don't talk a lot about giving here at the chapel, nor do we pass the plates, and we'll never pass plates because we never want that to be a stumbling block for anybody. I know so many people, including people in my family, who don't trust the church because it felt like they wanted money more than they wanted a relationship with God. But at the same time, the church is a non-denominational, independent church, which means it's just the chapel. In order to keep the lights on, in order to have clothes on my, my, um, myself, that's probably what you want to hopefully see, uh, in order to have snacks for our kids, in order to support our missionaries, in order to do what we're doing inside and outside the walls, we have to be able to give. And if you want to give or you've never given before, the information's there. I'm not going to apologize for talking about that. It's the only way that we can survive and thrive is by us being generous. But I also want to challenge you to be generous with your time and your gifts. A lot of times we come into the chapel and the music's playing, the coffee's hot, our kids are being uh, watched and taught. And man, we don't think we need anybody to help. But let me tell you, what you don't see is some of our staff members Begging people to be here on a Sunday because five people called off on our kids' program. Or we're scrambling to find someone to make coffee. There was one time in Norwalk recently where it was Charles and I making coffee because we had no coffee team. And we don't mind doing that, but why not have all of us play our part? God uniquely created each and every one of us to play our part, to do things that you can't do and I can't do. We need everybody to play their part to do those things. And so what we've done is, if you go to our website and you just click, I'm going to get it out right with you guys. 
If you click on the row right there, it takes you to the row, and you can scan through our service times, and then you get to a point where it says serving opportunities. And you can click the word Sandusky, or the easiest way is just to text the word Sandusky, that number on the screen, and it'll send you a link, and bam. When you click on that link, it'll ask you for your name and all that information. Then it's going to say, what ministry would you like to serve during a weekend service? And so if you were clicking that, I mean, there's chapel kids and greeting team and middle school ministry and prayer team and parking lot team and worship team, all kinds of options. We need people to play their part in the weekend. But we have so many things even during the week. I clicked during the week. We have 60 plus ministry, celebrate recovery, encouragement team, funeral team, men's fraternity, photography team, room setup. So many things happening during the week. That's a part of being the row, is owning our church and wanting to become like Christ by using our gifts to give back. And so what I'm going to ask you to do for the next minute or two, I'm going to give you some space in the service. Explore some of those. If you're not serving, click on one of those that you may say, you know what, I may consider doing that. We're not signing you up for life. This is for a first serve. One of our staff members will ask you just to think about serving in this area. But what are you not doing that the church could benefit from, from you so we all play our part? So go ahead and take a few moments to look at that. Again, if you don't have a phone in front of you or you want to talk to somebody, we have four tables, row, circle, chair, go tables in our atrium staffed this morning that you can go up and they can help sign you up. You can answer questions for you. They are ready for you. And so, and if not, you can take it home and just consider doing this. This website will be up forever. All right, now let's continue on. The circle. I love how Jesus models this circle by the 12 disciples that he chose. We see this in Luke chapter 6, verse 12, how this happened. One day soon afterward, Jesus went up to a mountain to pray, and he prayed all night. It must be a big deal that he's going to be praying all night about something. Well, here's what he's praying about. Verse 13. At daybreak, he called together all of his disciples and chose 12 of them to be his apostles. So he chooses a circle. And these 12 apostles, they get together, and they're sharing victories together. They're sharing struggles together. We see that all throughout the Gospels. We see them trying to figure out how to figure how to follow Jesus after being steeped in Judaism for their whole life. How do we now make this switch? It's so different. And we see them stumbling and falling along the way. We see these disciples getting one-on-one time with Jesus after the crowds have been taught. Jesus pulls them away and they get some special teaching from Jesus because ultimately these 12 individuals would go and change the course of history forever. Our history, we are here because of those 12. That was the circle. You see, the row is good because you can come and learn, but the circle is interactive. You learn from others and you grow with others. You can come in a row and you can leave, but you never may engage with people. And we want everyone to engage in a smaller group. A group that you can get together on a regular basis where you're, you're challenging one another and you're sharing encouragement and you're talking about what's going on with your kids and you're talking about how to grow in Jesus, having people in your life that you can count on for that. You have people in your life that'll hold you accountable so that you don't go off the rails and yet they're also becoming some of your closest friends. 
we're in a circle of a few individuals, and without them, I don't know who I would be or where I would be without them. When there's something wrong in our life, we're texting them. When there's something good, we're texting them. When we're celebrating birthdays, they're there. When we're going through life, they're there, and we're there for them. And it's not just friendship. It's friendship based upon Jesus. We challenge each other. We encourage each other. We need those environments to grow, to become like Jesus. We need each other. And that's why we have so many groups at the chapel. I mean, we have groups for every thing that you can think of. We have a motorcycle group. We have a group just for men, groups just for women. We have Celebrate Recovery. We have groups for kids, groups for students, groups for young adults. We have groups for everything you can think of. In fact, one of my favorite groups that meets, I'm jealous of them to be honest because they cannot do this, is our close-knit group. They get together with the commonality of being able to knit, and they knit hats for babies, blankets for those who have cancer. They really use their gifts, but they're also really good friends, and they love each other. There was a lady who lost her husband about a year and a half ago and started coming to the chapel, got hooked up in close-knit group, really felt connected and felt like these ladies cared about her grief. Well, she had to move one day. She didn't hire movers. Guess who moved her? Her close-knit group. Moved her provided food for her. Now she loves the chapel. Yeah, she comes to the row, but she's engaged in the circle. It's that circle environment that changes everything. So what we want to do for the next few moments is to go back to your card. Again, or you can just go right back to the website or scan that QR code, but we want you to go, and if you click on, on if you go right down to the circle on our, on our website, if you click visit groups page, it's going to take you uh, right to what our groups are. And you can fill out uh, something here to then get connected to a group and someone will help you, Brittany or uh, Pastor Ryan. But there's men's, women's groups, support groups, co-ed groups, um, all kinds of great ideas for you to join a group. So would you just take a few moments just to peruse the groups and just consider, is this something that God's asking you to do this morning? All right, let's continue on. Again, you can look at this later today or go out and visit our atrium for more information. Now the chair. The chair is simply the environment where we spend time alone with God. We do this because Jesus modeled this for us all throughout the Gospels. Look what Luke 5, 16 says. It's just so simple but so profound. Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness to pray. Often withdrew. It was a rhythm for him. It was daily, sometimes multiple times a day. In fact, it was so important to him that the disciples, who were so used to Jesus being around and healing and doing miracles, they were looking for him one time and they couldn't find him. Then they got angry because they're like, where's Jesus? Well, he was out praying. Jesus is like, this is just as important as miracles and meeting people's needs. Is meeting alone with Jesus. 
I was mowing my lawn recently and I was listening to a podcast by Pete Scazzaro. Pete Scazzaro is a great pastor. He also has written the book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, one of my favorite books of all time. And he asked this question. I about ran my foot over with the mower because I was like just so convicted by it. He said this, if Jesus, who is the son of God, needed to get away to be with his heavenly father, how much more do we need to do this? I was like, wait a minute here. This is when my lines started going like this. I was like, Jesus is God, yet he often went alone to be with the Father so he could hear from the Father and pray and listen and talk and be in communion with him. If Jesus, who is all God, needed to be with the Father, how much more do we need to? And yet, if we're honest, we don't, do we? Maybe once in a while we'll read an email or we count Sunday as that, but every single day spending time with Jesus, I think it's probably because we're too busy. But do you know why we're too busy? Dallas Willard puts it this way. Hurry is the frantic state of effort one falls into in response to inadequacy, fear, and guilt. A lot of times we think we're busy because our kids have things going on and we have work and we have all these things, and that's true. But oftentimes we keep ourselves busy because we don't want to deal with what's really going on in our hearts. That's why, like, if you're like me, even if you're waiting for food, you're always on your phone. Or if you're in the car, you're cranking up the radio. Or if you're in the shower, you have a podcast playing. Or you can't even be with people because you always have to be doing something because you can't really take an inventory of what's really going on. Because if you really discover what's going on, that gets really scary. And yet it's in the chair Where Jesus says, let me discover with you what's really going on and let me heal you. Let me help you become more like Jesus. Let's slow you down so we can deal with what's going on. So we can help you grow. That's what's so valuable about the chair time. Spending time with Jesus in scripture. Spending time with Jesus in prayer. So you you can talk to God, but then you can hear from him as well. So many of us go at life in our own strength trying to figure out, do we hear God or not? And the reason we don't hear God is because we don't give time for God to speak to us. And I know some of you guys are young parents. I'm right there with you. I know some of you guys travel for work. I know how busy it is, but are we too busy to spend time with Jesus daily? If so, we better sit down and ask ourselves some hard questions. Because in our busyness, our souls are being fragmented in the process. So what the chapel has done is we have given so many different chair resources. Go back to your phone for a minute. If not, let me read some of these to you. Now, what I love about our chair time is you may sit on the front porch like I do until my daughter wakes up and she discovers me and then I have to go hide somewhere else. Maybe it's uh, on a couch. Maybe it's in your kitchen. Maybe it's turning down um, the radio in the car. Maybe it's on your treadmill in the morning as you're working out, you're praying and listening to scripture. Uh, maybe it's in the shower. Sometimes when I do wake up late, sometimes or I'm frantic, I, in the shower I, I turn on uh, the scriptures and I just listen to them as I'm getting ready. I mean, that can be chair time too. A chair time doesn't have to be a chair, but it's just spending time with Jesus. And we have given you so many opportunities to do it. There's no excuse. We send out uh, a, a, um, a devotion two days a week called Beyond the Weekend that we send right to your email. It tells you what passage to read, what to consider, and what to pray based on what we've taught on the weekend. You can just sign up for that right there. It's so easy to do. 
My um, personal devotional time I spend in Lectio 365. It is an incredible place where it helps you uh, create rhythms of rest and prayer and reading scripture and praying for others. Literally, we have the link there. Just click it, download it to your phone, and it's there. Scripture Union delivers an email to your email inbox every single day with scripture and things to pray. All you got to do is open your phone. Right now, media, so many different opportunities to explore different Bible studies that you can do. The YouVersion app has so many different things that you can use there. Click on that and download it. Got Questions, one of my favorite websites. You can go there and spend time with Jesus as you look at deeper things in theology. Go look at that. They have an app. And then this week, we just launched our first ever chapel podcast called our One Step Closer podcast. And we are interviewing someone in our church every other week just to help all of us take next steps. In the inaugural um, episode that we just launched this week, it's, I'm interviewing a guy named Ed who has dealt with alcoholism and had an abusive dad growing up. And he tells us how God has shown himself to him in a real way. Spend time with Jesus in the chair listening to that and download it and make sure you subscribe. So there's so many different things. So just take a few minutes to explore those this morning. Again, we have all this information out in our atrium. Stop by one of our tables. That website will be up forever so you can go through. Just don't come and say, oh, I should do this and then not do something. We really want you to take next steps. I always hear all the time, hey, I come to the chapel. I don't really know how to grow. We are giving you the pathway to grow today in all areas. The final way to, to grow is not something that we get. It's something that we give. All that we've learned in the row, all that we've taken from the chair or circle, all that we've learned in the chair, we apply that and we go do something with our faith. And that's called go. We go to where people are and we serve them and we love them in order to show them the truth about Jesus. And the reason we do this is because Jesus modeled it for us and then told us to do it ourselves. Look what he says in John chapter 20, verse 21. Again, he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Jesus is sent into this world, this broken world, so that people can have hope. Jesus said, look, I'm only going to be around for a while, but I have a plan. And it's not plan B, it's plan A. And plan A is for the Holy Spirit to come and to go into Christians in the church and then allow them to use the power that's bestowed upon them and then go. Where do we go? Everywhere. I love Acts 1.8. It is so clear. Jesus said right before he ascends back to heaven, he says, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So God is going to be with you every step of the way. And you're going to be my witnesses, which means to tell people about Jesus. You tell them, tell people about me everywhere. And then he says, in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And 
We live in America, so those cities and those towns, they probably don't make a lot of sense for us. But here's what Jesus is saying to all Christians. Our Jerusalem is our neighborhood. It's where you're strategically placed, whether you live in Perkins or here on or Sandusky or Milan or all the other places you've come from this morning. You are there for a reason. Where you work, you're there for a reason. If you don't, if you don't like your job, you're still there for a reason. The kids that play with your kids and the families that you're connecting with and rubbing shoulders with, you're there for a reason. The school district you're in, you're there for a reason so that people can discover Jesus through you and through me. Where you live, where you play, where you work out, it's all about showing the light of Jesus. In our community, we are strategically placed here so that we can share Christ and be a light in our whole community. The chapel is going to do that in a really special way in November. See, this past week, the chapel turned 35 years old. We're so grateful for God's faithfulness, but we don't want to make it about the chapel. We want to make it about our community. So usually at a birthday party, you get gifts. This year at our birthday party, we want to give gifts. And on November 20th and 21st, when you come to church, the doors will be locked. We don't want you to come to church that weekend. We want you to be the church. And we want to go and be the church in our community. We're calling that church has left the building. That we go out and we celebrate God's faithfulness by showing other people and serving our community that God is real and God loves them. We're going to do that together. That's how we want to impact our community. And then Samaria and the ends of the world, whether it's in Asia, whether it's in Africa, whether it's in Mexico, the chapel is strategically partnering with people to reach people for the gospel. In fact, this past summer, we took a trip to Mexico, and you're going to see some of these pictures here on the screen, and I want to read two stories to you this morning that encapsulates what happened on their experience. Johnny Solis, he goes to, excuse me, Johnny Solis, he goes to our Norwalk campus. He said this when he was on the trip. God touched my heart from the beginning. God provided everything necessary, such as financial support, health for me and my family, and the most important was my spiritual preparation. From day one, the struggles began, but in every way, God had prepared each member of the team through training. And I need you to hear this. If you're not convinced that missions and going to people works, listen to what of our own church member says. This is so powerful. I grew up in Ecuador, and more than 20 years ago, a group of missionaries came to Ecuador, shared the gospel with my family and me, and today... I am part of a church with the same mission. 20 years ago, Johnny didn't know Jesus. Someone took Jesus' word seriously and said, I'm gonna go, and now Johnny knows Jesus. That's why we have to go. We have to bring hope and light to those who don't have it. Rory Conrad, who is the daughter of our Norwalk campus pastor, Charles, she says this, one of the main things our mission team and I did was hold multiple gatherings for children to learn the Bible message, kind of like a vacation Bible school. It was comical watching little kids hit pinatas with such strength. On a few days, we traveled to hospitals to give prayer and food to people there. It was incredible to see how God was working in the hospitals and give people hope. That's why we go. We go to share the truth and love and grace of Jesus Christ. So go back to your phones one more time. Again, all of this information at the atrium for you. 
It shows you what it means to be in our neighborhood. And then we go to our community. That's why we do curbside carryout. We need help with that. Click on the link. Operation Christmas Child's coming up. There's someone in our church that's already prepared 160 boxes because they know the impact of Operation Christmas Child. We just talked about churches left the building. That's there. Uh, the Nehemiah Center, who we're strategically partnering with that need volunteers. Click there. And then in our world, all of our upcoming mission experiences, either to Central Asia, Germany, Burundi, Mexico, Cuba, all of it's there, and we want you to go. You can click on that short-term mission application printed off at home where we have applications ready for you in our atrium. Take the next few moments and just pray and say, God, where am I supposed to go and how am I supposed to do that? Our mission at the chapel, and we believe this with all of our heart, is helping people take one step closer to God and each other. And then we, ha- we believe that happens through Christ. We have laid out your next steps today. Whether it's in the row, whether it's coming every week and making that priority, or maybe giving for the first time, or serving in an area we are desperately in need of. Ask God, is that my next step? In the circle, if you're not connected to a group Make it a priority to get connected with other Christ followers. Join a group. If you're not spending daily time with Jesus, it's so easy. We've given you all the tools. What does it look like to not have to live in a state of hurry anymore? And then go to our workplaces, to our neighborhoods, to our community, to our world. What is God asking you to do to take your next step? See, the goal is to become like Jesus. If you want to become like Jesus, you've got to do what Jesus did. Let's pray together. So Lord, we just ask you to help us understand what a next step is. What's the one or two things today that I'm not already doing, Lord, that I need to do? Give us the strength to do that. Give us the courage to do that. Help us to know what I need to take out of my life so I can add you back in. Lord, we want to become like you. Not in the way that we think we should, but in the way that you tell us we should. Help us to follow your lead, we pray in your name. Amen. As you